brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laheart.ie for their latest offers. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to know your thoughts. Send us a text on 083 Yeah, plenty to come on tonight's show because we'll have reaction to Tip Waterford, which was played in the stadium on Saturday night. That's... 100% record for Tip in the National Hurling League so far this year and it secures a semi-final berth in advance of our trip to Corrigan Park in Belfast next weekend. Uh, we'll have analysis of that coming up in due course and of course the sad news that would have reached most Tipperary GA supporters and indeed sports supporters in Tipperary over the course of last night was the untimely and far too early death of Liam Kearns, former Tip manager. Uh, a Tralee native um, Austin Stacks would have been his club inside in Tralee and uh, he made a huge contribution I think it's fair to say to Tipperary Football leading us to an All-Ireland semi-final in 2016 some great great days along the way and uh, we'll play tribute to him after 7.30 tonight and we extend our condolences to his family and to those who knew and loved Liam Kearns or yesterday Gareva Annam Later on, we'll have some local soccer with Barry. We'll have Cheltenham preview as well. And uh, we'll have reaction to all events in the stadium over the course of the next few hour. So if you want to get involved in the show, just text us on 083-311-3311. That works for WhatsApp as well. If you prefer Twitter, our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport. Don't forget the TipFM Sports Star of the Month. We're looking for nominations for March. You can send a nomination to sportstar at tipfm.com. Our January winner was Sean O'Keefe, who won the National Elite boxing title up in the National Stadium. And our February winner was Cashel Community School, who won the Hearty Cup for the first time in their history. Those were the January and February winners. We're looking for nominations for March. Just send them in to sportstar at tipfm.com. Let's turn our attention to the stadium on Saturday night because it finished Tipperary 4.23, Waterford 25 points. Pretty emphatic 10-point win for Tip. Let's hear about it. Ken Hogan was on commentary duty. How are you, Ken? How are you, Roland? How are you, Kevin? I'm good. Do you think a 10-point win flatters Tip? Um, not so much in the fact that I felt Tip came with a very strong last... 15 minutes before half time. Should have been 8 9 up. A couple of great saves from Billy Nolan. Um, we created some great goal chances, maybe six or seven in total. And Walter Dane in injury time got two or three pints to bring it back to four pints at half time, which is a very manageable lead for Walter, we felt. But in the second half, Tipperary stuck to the task in a big way, even when Walter came back to, to a pint or two. So I think overall, Tip finished very strongly. Um, they were really intent in, in, in the way they went about their business, uh, shrewd substitutions. But um, when you think of Reese Shelley, you know, who got his long away chance in the goals where he wasn't tested at any stage except for one shot that went out by the, out by the goal mouth from a narrow angle. So overall, I think Tipperary were the better team on the evening. I don't think I'd disagree with any of that. In fact, I was looking for, you know, sometimes part of your job is to try and create balance and I can't think of any negatives to put to you. I don't think there was any particular line that went badly or any player who was struggling. I think everyone really created selection headaches for Liam Cal. Well, I'm sure that's what Liam wants. I think um, uh, there was a point to prove. Um, Tipperary are not going to be turned over this year. Um, in any aspect of, of, of the game. I think physically they're strong. Um, they are resilient. Um, obviously, Shane McCallum's injury was a big disappointment. Uh, but uh, in difference to that, we have to say that Patrick Bonner-Maher was a revelation, even though he's the own club man. I think, I, I think we'll excuse... Good. I don't think anyone... Yeah. I don't think we'll excuse that. We'll excuse that because... No matter where you're from in Tipperary, I think you have to single out Bonner for his work rate. Mother of God, was there a blade of grass he didn't cover? Yeah, well, you saw uh, the lead-up to the third goal. Uh, he won the ball in his own parallelogram. Uh, brilliant pass, actually, to Norma Graff. Picked out Norma with a brilliant pass and ended up uh, uh, Mark Kyo Mark creating a, a great goal opportunity. And, of course, no better man than Jake Morris to take it. So... I think uh, that's a huge bonus. I think uh, that you mentioned competition for places. 
like the Noel McGraths and the Bonners and the Shami Cannons of this world are fighting for their places as well. There's no such thing as the young guys looking for their places. I think it's at the other end of the of the scale that everybody knows now there's a huge competition there. Uh, they've created that atmosphere, uh, the tip management, that you've got to honour the tip area jersey. You've got to give your, your very best. And, it, you know, if it's not working out, that there's your brilliant replacements to come in, take her place and do the job just as well. I think uh, that's a fair point because we've options and we're not, you know, Jason Ford, for example, is going to be a starter come championship. I don't think that's, I don't think I've just revealed the third secret of Fatima and I'm saying that. That's that's a given, <laughs> right? But my point is that we can afford the luxury of not starting him. And Grodo O'Connor's more than capable of doing a job on freeze and there's enough scores around so that Jason's loss isn't felt keenly. Without a shadow of a doubt, now, the, uh, you know, you've heard me going on about this before. I think scoring power in Tipperary was never a huge problem. I think Jason's cameo, though, you know, in 10 minutes, six points, five from play, the ball was just touching his stick. He hardly put it in his hand and it was over the bar in the blink of an eye. But I think the biggest bonus from our point of view, to be positive about it, but of course there's still work to be done, is the fact that we have so many players now in backline positions, and that includes Dan McCormick, because <clears throat> Seamus Kennedy reverted to a half-forward line role, even though he picked it wing-back. Dan picked up Austin Leeson uh, with great success at left-half-back. Uh, Brian O'Mara played a full-back in the first half. Then Brian ventured outfield, and Mikey Breen took over uh, the full-back line duties in the second half. And I think it worked to... Um, uh, brilliant effect and do you know Brian O'Mara can can obviously play in so many positions Mikey Breen has the added bonus now that you know that his confidence was shattered last year now he's back playing to the Mikey Breen that we've known for so long uh, together with Rowan and Maher they're all the, the mid guys if you know I mean the mid mid season yeah. mid region guys in the team and, and Dan McCormick Seamus Kennedy they're all playing with an extra spurt in their step as well yeah, I mean, you talk about that interchangeability in the back line and how how interesting it is and it perhaps keeps forwards lines guessing or perhaps keeps opposing managers guessing. The fact that you can have Dan picked in midfield but goes back and does a great job to set up the first Jace and uh, uh, Jake Morris goal. So don't underestimate, like, not only his defensive duties and the job he did on Austin Gleeson but also setting up attacks. Yeah, setting up attacks and... You know, particularly when you think about Tipperary, um, it's, you know, we're not making any, or, or trying to create any false dawns yet. We know it's league. We know the championship is a huge one. You saw Liam Cahill and and Davey exchanging views. Probably we'll see each other again type thing. But um, Was I there a do, championship field to it again? Uh, there was a championship field to it. There was an edge to the game. There was a real edge to the game. And I think that was important. But, and... I think Tip are not going to be turned over. I think we're 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 a situation that we're um, that it's obvious to see that the team management set up their team to counteract the other team. They know they're hurling. They have their homework done. There's no naivety, which we've seen before in the way they approach the game. It is obviously obviously they're set out with an intent uh, to go at the game, to win the game, and if that means players reverting to roles that we thought were unfamiliar with but are now quite comfortable with, I think that's a huge bonus going forward. I think one of the lines of the field that has generated most discussion on this show and perhaps column inches and elsewhere has been our half-forward line. I'm not saying it's fixed, but it's functioning and motoring nicely. It is functioning nicely. And, you know, um, Bonner then, um, I think when things were getting tight, Bonner went to wing forward. Uh, Jason Ford reverted to the full forward line because what you have inside is finishers and Jason and Jake Morris and of course John McGrath, another creator. Um, I think it was, it was we were everybody was delighted to see John. We, we were concerned about John and his welfare, but we were delighted to see him coming in and uh, proving a great assist for a brilliant goal, blindside hand pass to Jake Morris. So I think Bonner being able to revert to the half forward line because the engine with Bonner he can go for 70, 80 minutes. Uh, with 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 no bother because because of of, of his fitness level. So I think Rod Connor Connor Bow coming in and unfortunately Connor yeah got a goal for the second week in a row. But unfortunately then picked up a, 
an injury and had to had to had to be replaced. But uh, there's no there's no shirking responsibilities. There's no uh, moaning or groaning if somebody uh, gets injured. Somebody else comes in off the bench, takes up the position, and off we go again. So. You know, and we we haven't mentioned Johnny Ryan too much of Arabelle Rovers. But no, he's, he's here's, he's here's a guy that kept kept Desi Hutchinson quiet uh, for a long period last weekend. Now we know Desi will come in the summer with a bounce in his step, but uh, we have a lot more hurdles to overcome before before we meet Waterford again. Anyway. Yeah, there's no no two ways about it. I mean, look, we spoke last week that we'd know more about where we're at after the Waterford game, and you know what? We really can't complain with where we're at five wins from five is it four wins from four everything going as well as it could possibly do uh, Corrigan Park next weekend uh, we beat them handsomely last year I don't think we'll win as comfortably this time round but you'd still expect a tip victory yeah you would now obviously Darren Gleeson is very familiar with uh, tip surroundings um, now he probably would be a, a place for, for Darren as well um, but I do think tip Tip have have a lot of savvy now going forward. They're not going they're not going to get caught in the headlights anymore. I think overall, it will give him the chance again to blood players and also give maybe players that have been injured, uh, you know, maybe 50, 60, 70 minutes. So overall, um, I suppose we're looking forward to a semi final, which is a potential clash with Limerick. And I think Liam will be licking his lips at that challenge as well, just to see where we are, you know in the bragging rights, you know, come championship. Yeah, it, on the base of pro- balance probabilities, it does look like it's going to be Limerick, who will probably finish second in Group A, will probably top Group B, and so it'll be first against second. Cork, possibly against Kilkenny in the other semi-final, depending on what happens between Kilkenny and Waterford. Uh, as always, many thanks for your time, Ken. We'll talk to you next week. I wrote in just one yes. thing, um, and I know you're going to speak about it at length later on, yeah. but I'd just like to pay sympathy to the Karen's family. Yeah. Liam was a colleague of mine. We worked together. Yeah, I knew he was in, a member of the Garda. Yeah, we worked together in the gymnasium in, in the Garda College. He was a, a fine colleague and friend. We were very close. He managed the Sigerson teams in the college when I was involved in the hurling. And uh, it's a huge shock to everybody. And our sympathies go to Angela, Rachel and Laura. A huge blow to us all. No doubt about it. And we will be paying tribute to Lane Kearns later in the show. But thank you very much for that, Ken. I do appreciate that. Thanks, Ronan. God bless. Ken. God bless and thanks, Ken uh, Hogan, paying tribute to his colleague, former uh, the late Liam Kearns there, who sadly passed away uh, yet last evening, um, suddenly. And uh, as we'll be paying tribute later in tonight's show, let's stay with the hurling for now. Paddy Stapleton's on the line. How are you, Paddy? Not too bad. How are you getting on? Very well, Paddy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I just would like to get your assessment, not only on the fact we kept Waterford's goalless. Um, on Saturday night but just generally how you thought the back unit six I always ask you defensive questions but I suppose that's your area of expertise Paddy but what did you make of it? Yeah I wouldn't know too much about Dresford now but um, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I thought they were very solid for most of the game and I think it goes back to I we've talked a lot about it the last few years the whole team is defending um, they're in a unit even they sat back you know maybe too far back some people would think on puck out but that made sure that the space was cut down because I often say we're not the quickest of teams. Now, we've added in Grode O'Connor, likes to tie in around midfield. We had Dan there already with Connor Stakeham. If Brian O'Mara's gone, has a bit more pace in the back line. Mikey Breen has more pace. So you've added pace and you've probably added a bit more structure. So the chase and like when we, when Tipperary faced teams before, if they broke through our midfield and half back line, we really had no recovery. Uh, and now we have, a, we have lots of people willing to scramble back and make sure they're chasing people down, but you also have pace as well, that whoever is taking their man on from the opposition isn't going to get around them easy. So I think, you know, we look a way more solid. Now, look, start of the second half, you had two or three goal chances, and so that'll be looked at uh, from just balls ran, ran through. But all in all, you'd have to say, conceding no goals. I think it was one goal we've conceded in the league so far and scored 10. So um, if we can keep that up, you know, levels are going to get higher going to be more difficult championship but if you can keep that up keep teams to one or no goals you're going to be very close to winning probably every match You talk about unit uh, the functioning as a unit and you talk about structure it, but you still have a situation where Mikey Breen can move from a wing back position into full back mm-hmm. um, does that not disrupt the structure and if you're a corner back and you see the full back being essentially alternated does that create doubt in a wing back's or a corner back's mind? No, see, that's a, it's a different type of structure. You can have a structure where 
Mikey Green is full back and he's not moving no matter who comes in. Um, and whoever's centre back, they're not moving no matter who comes into that area. And everybody keeps their position. Limerick do it. Kilkenny did it. We did it for an awful lot of years as well. Um, but now there, there's so much movement being created um, that I think Liam Cal is more will base it on matchups and body types. And okay, Mikey Breen would be good on maybe Stephen Bennett, whereas somebody else could be better on Desi Hutchinson. And they'll follow them into those positions. So therefore. And, Dan going on Austin Gleeson perhaps being an example of that. Exactly. That he feels well if we and it was very obvious to see that most of the Waterford big players found it very, very difficult. Even Jamie Barron before he got sent off, I think he only had a five, six minute period where he looked like he was going to cut loose and after that he wasn't. Um, but it takes more than man markers than these guys. It takes you know, the the initial marker was that Dan or Mikey Green, but somebody else that's floating back and helping them out as well. So I think they're they're getting matchups right, but then the other players around them know that they have to support. So that that is a form of a structure as well, and definitely in the modern game you would see more of that. Can I ask about Tyg de Burke's role and your how you thought that changed after Jamie Barron got sent off because he had sit he was sitting in a sweeper role and I'm if you. I'm a big Tag de Burke fan if I can say that I think he's a fine yeah. fine hurler really really good nice young fella as well and I wish him well he's had an injury plagued career so far that said how do you think we coped with de Burke in that role before uh, Barron went well I think first half it wasn't there was nothing that I could see it was a big issue um, first 10 minutes we were under pressure but we were getting plenty of scoring and goal opportunities there and that's why I tied the Burkhead there a lot of the time is to have that extra body that there's not extra runners running through and goals and if there is he's there to save it I would say we struggled starting the second half uh, we seemed not to be able to win our own puck out but aggression wise and getting to the break Watford just obviously upped it after being down at half time um, I, th- I think tied the Burkhead's quality yeah, has been if, you know, I think if Waterford are looking at Tide the Burka or anybody's looking at Tide the Burka as a big issue in the team, then they have deeper set issues than that. Uh, because he will hurl us. He's our own guys. But they didn't function well as a back unit the last day, conceding four goals, probably conceding six, seven uh, goal chances. So Tide the Burka, then when you're down to 10 men, it, it's difficult. If I, some of the Waterford backs aren't fantastic one-on-one defenders anyway. And then you're down a man, which takes away your insurance policy of a tight to Burka, then you're under serious pressure. Um I'd just probably say for 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 the goal that John McGraham passed off to to uh, Jake Morris that that was probably a decision he'll rue. Um I think John McGraw was always going to pop that over if he stood with, with with Morris. But um no, I think they were tired at that stage, not tip had run him into the ground. So um yeah it was difficult. They, we had him we had him in a lot of trouble back there but I wouldn't read a lot into this for the championship match. I think Pip have it to, to put it up to Waterford, no problem, but it'll be certainly a different match when they play again. And then you've got the probability of a Limerick League semi-final, which, you know, I mean, you, you learn a lot from playing the best. And yeah. Limerick are the best. I think Galan's back in with them now. He hasn't been present up to this point, but he was a sub and came on against Westmead. So, you know, you're, they're, they're, they're shuffling a pretty full deck. Ah, they are, look, they are the standard bears. They are, you know, they're probably going for the, the accolade of being one of the best teams ever, the best team ever. So um, I think that's that's pretty plain to see. But, you know, you have to beat them at some stage. Um, and it's a lot easier to try to beat a team like that in a league semi-final than it is in an All-Ireland semi-final, if you get what I'm saying. So you have to try and get confidence out of these matches. You have to go in full-blooded and say right we're going to have a right cut off them like you know obviously I take it back to my own time and 9 we played Kilkenny hammered us uh, in, in a league match and then you know we had a great match against them in a league final six weeks later and I think that gave us the belief then to say well I know we can we can cut it with these lads and of course I know the matches that happen after that so they have, they have to bring their levels up to Limerick at some stage so no better stage than a couple of weeks' time if they get to face off. And this is it, you face up to it now or you're going to face into being under Limerick's thumb for the next number of years. So it's a difficult one. They're very fit. They're, they're long. The, the Limerick lads are big, strong, and they're a long few years at it. But you'd have to admire just the way Tipperary's spirit and their hard work. Like It's it's night and day to, to some performances, I suppose, last year, last few years. Um, spirit looks good. Subs coming on, explosive. Uh, lots of pace, lots of youth around the field. So, if there is a time to embark on trying to take Limerick down over the next year or two, I think you know no better time than a couple of weeks. That's a, a 
interesting parallel you've drawn there, uh, Paddy. Many thanks for joining us. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks indeed. That's Paddy Stapleton, All Ireland winner, joining us there. And JJ Kendi's online too. Let's just bring him in on that. JJ, how are you? Hi, Ronan. I think that's a really interesting parallel that Paddy has drawn there in relation to a potential Tip Limerick clash and how, you know, a league final against Kilkenny, albeit I think the match he was referring to, Tip lost an extra time, but it did prove to the players back then that they could go toe to toe with the best. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it, it's an interesting point. It's, it's a good point, and um, I mean, it's obviously looking at this stage uh, as if it's it's very likely going to be a Tip and Kilkenny and our Tip and Limerick in the semi final. So that's that's really going to be you know a big a big tester when it when it happens, and uh, it, it will it will tell you a lot obviously before you get into the championship year, and it'll tell you really where where you're at and uh, how fellas are performing. So it's it's really one to look forward to. Yeah, very much so. Like um, Tip, we we spoke last week and we said we'll know more about where Tip are at on tonight than we knew last Monday night. So what have we learned, JJ? Well, I, I suppose we've we've learned that the what they've been showing in the in the previous games wasn't a flash in the pan or, or you know it wasn't in any way false. That it's a, it's a true reflection of, of where they're at at the moment. Um, that it's 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 all good. It's it's. Um, the attitude is great. The preparation of the team is great. It's, uh, you know, fellas are really, really up for this. And, uh, you know, when I see fellas like the, I suppose, the more seasoned guys like like Bonamare and uh, Shamey and Noel and these fellas, Dan McCormick, when you see them uh, and the attitude they have and, and the work they're putting into this, it tells you that the whole setup is good because um, these guys have nothing to prove. But yet they're, they're going out to these games and, and they're really throwing everything at it. So, I think, from that perspective, it's it's it was confirmation, really, of the the, the evidence we'd seen in previous matches. And uh, now, it, it wasn't a ten-point victory. I mean, I think that the, the end result was the end margin was was a little bit false. They butchered a couple of goals, chances, in fairness. They did. They did, in fairness. And uh, you know, it's just even looking back at them on video, um, I hadn't realised how clear-cut those goal chances were, watching it live, but. Um, I mean, they were they were one on one chances with the goalie, and uh, they, were, they were the type of chances that Jake Morris was putting away at the other end, and they didn't do it. And if they got one or two goals in that third quarter, you were into a different scenario for, for the rest of the match, you know. So I wouldn't get carried away about the margin. But I think that's that, fair, and I was also glad that halftime came when it did as well. Yeah, yeah, they were on a little bit of a mini yeah. revival just just before half time, half time, and uh, they pulled back the lead to four points at that stage. Uh, now you know there, there were ups and downs in the games. I mean, we had goal chances early in the game as well that we didn't take, and uh, or well, the, I suppose the Waterford goalie, in fairness, team made a, a few good saves at that stage. So you, you get that in individual games. But I mean, o- overriding all of that is just the the overall you know positive vibe from from the team and the way they're working, the way they're competing, and I, I think everything will be done right in, in in that regard. Whether or not the the depth of hurling is good enough when it comes to the championship. Is, is, is a different matter. But at least all you can expect from the team is that they're absolutely uh, prepared to, to, to the nth degree and they're ready for it and the attitude is right. And, and I think all the evidence suggests that that is the case. Yeah, I, I, I can't find a negative, to be honest with you. I think that not every line worked well. Yeah, no, I suppose the, maybe the injury to Shamey is yes, a possible, possible, yeah, yeah. possible negative. You know, hopefully, I don't know what the latest word on that is, but... That there is no word, I think, is, is the short answer to that question because you do have to yeah. allow swelling to subside before a scan is even worth your while doing. So there's no point sending them yeah. off a scan unless if it's all swollen. But it didn't look, it looked more like a knock to the knee as opposed to something that the knee was bent out of joint with possible ligament damage. So, you, you look, I'm not an orthopaedic surgeon, but I'd like to think that yeah. it's, 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 it's a short term issue, please God. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it is. Uh, and uh, Conor Bo took, uh, again, a bit of a, a muscle problem or whatever. Um, I mean, they haven't said that they haven't been helped by injuries. Injuries have been a major issue, so hopefully the list isn't added to uh, during, during the week. But uh, you're right. I mean, you can't. What, what negatives can you find? I mean, you, you have the, I suppose, I look at it as you have two sides to the team, you have the more seasoned lads, and they're certainly giving it everything and showing all their experience and their leadership and all of that, which is what you'd expect from them, what you're getting from them in spades. And then the younger lads are coming in full of enthusiasm and they're going after it and they're fighting for places. And 
I mean, you can't you can't go knocking anything in that. It's it, it's all good. It is all good, and uh, you know. Um, we have to be careful. We have to keep everybody's uh, expectations tempered a little bit here. But it is all good, JJ. I can't. I can't argue with any of that. We'll go to Corrigan Park next week, and I suppose we, you know, we keep saying it every week. But we'll know more when we face Limerick. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The car, will the Corrigan Park one uh, tell us uh, too much? Um, I know Antrim had a good had a good victory at the weekend as well. So they're obviously in 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 good in in good They've form. They've been competitive. Right? Like if you if Absolutely. you look at their scores, they have lost matches, but they haven't lost them by ginormous oh, yeah. margins. They've been very competitive. No, no, they, they've. I think they've shown that they're they're entitled to be in this company. Yeah, I and, agree. And and uh, and they need respect for that. I mean, they came to Thurles last last year, and it's in fairness, it was pitiful. No, but no, they, they didn't pick a it. strong team. No. They, were, they had an eye no. on a playoff that they yeah, was coming absolutely. down the road. So I wouldn't read too much into that. And I feel like mm-hmm. I'm damning them with faint, faint praise, but I don't mean it that way. I, I really, everyone wants no, to see no. them thrive. No, I think you're, I think you're correct. I think you're right. Um, last year's match was just one of those 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 things, and uh, you know, a record score from a temporary point of view. But it won't be like that. It won't be like that next weekend. No. And uh, I think they'll they'll. They're in a good position to give this a good rattle. You're still admitting to be a major surprise that Tipperary don't win it. But uh, you, you can't assume too much in these things. So either way, obviously, we're looking forward to a, a semi-final and we'll be looking at the other results. And I think it'll probably fall out as expected that it'll be Limerick. And that's going to, that's going to be a real tester. And it, it, it's extraordinary, Ronnie, you know, looking at these games, looking at all the games across the league, not just the tip Waterford one, which was hugely competitive, real edge to it, I thought, uh, on Saturday night. But even in other games, you know, and any notion that, that the league doesn't matter, I think, is pretty well blown out of the water with these, with the evidence you're getting from these games. Uh, it does matter. Teams are going after it. They want to win. They want to build a winning, a winning mentality and so on. So um, it's, going to, it's going to be fascinating. I think the league semi-final is going to be huge, obviously, for Tipperary and uh, something to look forward to. Can't wait. JJ, as always, yeah. many thanks for your time. Thanks for running. JJ Kendi there. Just before we go off, we're hurling quick word with our regular Tom McGrath. How are you, Tom? Good, Ronan. Uh, I liked the uh, the championship feel or the champ- the intensity of it. It kind of crackled on a dark night up in Thurles, didn't it? Yeah, well, I think JJ kind of covered it there. Like, any time a player pulls on a jersey, it's not just that it takes on, a game takes on a challenge. And the day of Les pulling on a jersey just for a crack, that's gone, like... Because fellas are performing for some reason or another, whether it is to cement the place, push a push a manager in a direction, say putting her hand up that I'm good, I'm good for this or whatever. Like, and plus the fact nobody likes to be second. That's the na- that's the nature of the beast, I suppose. And no, no, I, I think I think it's it's been it's been a good league, not just not just Tipperary matches, but a lot of the other matches as well. But if you just take Jason Ford as a case in point, that Jason has nothing to prove. He doesn't even have anything to prove from this league. He's been superb this league. He comes on, and I don't know how long he's on the pitch for, but I think he scored six points. Yeah, but his his thing is like he's coming in and he wants to be laying down the marker to the Watford lad that he was up against that. Look, I'm up for this. I'm not going to let you get the better of me because so that's if you, it. So you're, if you get the better of me, there'll be a psychological thing for for down the road. So, so Jason's all, mo- Jason's perhaps more motivated by putting down a marker to the Watford fella he's marking than perhaps trying to show the management team anything that he's capable of. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because like I think that the management are playing are playing the thing smart. They're they're moving players around and fellas are buying into it, which is the more important thing like that. And you're going to need twenty twenty players in most of your matches anyway. So, like once you're con- like if you're, if the important thing is that every one of the lads are happy as a contributor rather than sort of putting their hand up and saying I want to start and I'm not happy if I'm not starting and that type of thing it's it's all about it, it's all about the team and the, the panel and all that type of stuff and I think that's 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 all good like Yeah no, it, there's a lot of positives um, certainly Yeah but I suppose there's, there's, there's negatives to bring out of the night as well which are Go on Well I suppose like I'd have a concern to spell either side of half time how a team can go from being in a very good position seven points up having been uh, what were probably three three down early on, then go seven up, and suddenly, like ten twelve minutes later, against the team now mindful run that hadn't scored for twenty minutes, Watford then have a I won't call it a purple patch, but pint by pint by pint they go from seven down to one up, and they're in. Then why why that happened? I'm not so sure, but the test of the metal then was the tip lads 
re, regrouped, reformed, did whatever they did, and got got stuck into Watford, changed their thing, and got got a couple of couple of scores, got a couple of goals, and I suppose the thing that's really encapsulated the thing for me was the sight of Patrick Bonamare coming out of our own big big square. I still call it that. After a, a big Watford attack, and he raised the siege, if you like. I mean, that that was because he hadn't to prove to anybody, like but, no, no. But he still felt the need to go back there, and a couple minutes later, pick the ball around the middle of the field and play the ball to great advantage up into you know, didn't waste the ball, like just yeah. got it. And no, like I mean, that, that's what that's what the thing is about, and that's what these lads are about now. And they're all the good things that I see about it. Uh, small things, but they're important bits. And the win was the win was important, but trusting the trusting the be all and the end all, but it was still important, though. Absolutely, and winning is a habit. I gotta go, gotta fly. Lots to cover tonight, Tom. Talk soon, my friend. Okay, Ronan. Thanks, Take Lee. Care. That's Tom McGrath joining us there. Lots of people coming in on this. I gotta take a commercial break. Back in a minute. <laughs> Extra time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laheart.ie for their latest offers. Yeah, lots to cover on tonight's extra time. You're free to drop us a text on 083 311 But we start tonight with sad news because uh, late last evening, news would have reached a lot of people in Tipperary of the sad and untimely passing at all too young an age of former Tipperary manager Liam Kearns. Just to get a perspective on his contribution to Tipperary football, let's hear from one of his backroom team back when uh, when Liam was our manager, Shane Stapleton from Golden Kilfeekles on the line. Shane, how are you? Hi, Ronan. A very sobering news, and I'm sure you knew him well, and you were in the trenches together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was um, he was a good man to have by your side in the trenches too, and um, with a few battles on and off the field, he was he was a strong character. Um, you know, so like we, we we had a lot of discussions over the years with Cracker, myself, and himself about you know maybe team selection or whatever. But he kind of always seemed to find his. Uh, find the cast and vote, and um, and ultimately he was nearly always right. Um, great warrior on the sideline, kind of knew put in the groundwork really. Um, gave always gave the lads uh, um, a way of playing that would would uh, would win matches, and invariably like he won an awful lot of matches um, for Tipperary, and um, and even when things kind of went against us, he he would probably have, have pre-called it. You know, I remember a match in Clare. Uh, matching a Turles where, where where Claire comprehensive beat us and and he kind of called they might move Gary Brennan out of midfield now or some of that and and invariably did it and it was he was just he was a great tactician um, set up the lads really well like he had his he had his principles principles of play and um, got his matchups right and yeah so on, off the field he was uh, he he was just a, a great man and. Um, He'd be hugely lost. Yeah, and I'll come to off the field as well, which is just an important part of the man himself. But he was he was well known and you know well got in the parish of Aherlow. He led them to um, an O'Dwyer Cup success, so he probably knew the landscape of Tipperary football quite well. And I knew he spoke always spoke very highly of Kieran McDonald as a player, one of the best cornerbacks I think he ever coached. Yeah, exactly. And, and he would he would have said he canvassed hard for for the job. He knew the. Um, David Powers uh, crew that won the All Ireland. He knew that uh, I suppose the, the under twenty one finalists. Um, he knew Charlie's uh, minor gang were coming, and he canvassed Joe Hannigan and, and the football board hard for the job and got it. And um, didn't have an easy start. You know, we 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 the Rocky Rockies Division Three in our first year. Um, uh, it was a lot of absentees. You know, Colin and um, Stephen O'Brien and. Um, Seamus Kennedy and things like that um, for, for various reasons and Clamwell commercials were in, obviously in the Munster Club and All-Ireland right. series and Rocky Star he, he kept at it and um, and perhaps not to cut across you but perhaps one of his master strokes was persuading Peter Atchison to stay in the country he made him captain yeah yeah huge yeah yeah and it, and it was it was the likes of um, it was like Peter Atchison and uh, Brian Fox Connor Sweeney you know there were so many that Kieran McDonnell he said you know George Hannigan uh, Evan Comerford, like there was so many that 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 um, he had big role for them, and they just they just absolutely grew, um, and you know brought us on a great journey. Mm. But I, I was trying to tell a few people today, like um, I suppose being being involved with football for, for for a long time, we were always kind of maybe hoping that we could you know maybe beat someone or you know win something or whatever. But 
the minute the minute Liam Kearns came into the dressing room, uh, particularly in championship, he always kind of sh- uh, showed the lads how we could beat someone, and invariably they did. Like um, he really made us believe that that we were we, we were we were better than anyone out there. Um, even like we were disappointed maybe in um, when we when we played Kerry. Um, that maybe you know we didn't perform on that day, and there was maybe reasons for that as well. But that that's the standard he he kept us to. There was, you know, there was huge honesty in the group. There was huge um, camaraderie. But he was the he was the major. He was the he was the father figure, and um, mm. it's hard to, hard to really believe he's gone to. It, it really is because um, I've my own memories of him, and he was very courteous whenever I had to stick a microphone in front of him after a match, win or lose or draw. But I. You know, you think of the memories and you know the happy days with Tip Football. I, I would single out the Galway game in an All Ireland quarter final as one that I not only got huge enjoyment from, but the sense of pride I think the Tipperary football family would have had from that game. Not because of the success, not because of the fact it was in Crow Park, but I think the manner of the football we played. And you look at where Galway are now. I mean, it really is uh, a testament to that team that they were able to produce that performance on the biggest stage. Yeah, yeah, um, huge, and 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 there was you'd always say that back then. Um, Liam Kearns has has playing football. We were easy on the eye, and um, yeah, that that was that was a that was a that was a huge day for us. Um, and like the, some of the football that day, look, would you believe I look back on on some of the highlights of it of it today on on YouTube and just some of the scores from Sweeney and Mikey and uh, Robbie Kiley and the lads like they were, they were huge like and. Um, yeah, there was. I, I think maybe Crow Park added to it. I think um, we kind of had that match won. You know, like it wasn't one of them Titanic battles that we just snuck over the line, like maybe in Clonus against um, against yeah. Derry and stuff. Or you know, even in Cork, Cork made a comeback in in the stadium for a while. Like, um, but yeah, the, the the Crow Park ones were special. Even loud in the in the Division Three final um, was nice, a comfortable victory. But it was just great to be up there. And and again, look. Uh, Liam would have always said that we we um, I know Robbie's uh, black hair kind of um, yeah the Mayo one you think is Mayo. you know great you think about what might have been uh, just because of time pressures one I just, that got away. yeah one that got away I just off the field I mean intercounty football can be a bit of a pressure cooker and I know we're talking about 2016 and it's seven years ago and it's gotten worse as a pressure cooker environment in the seven years even but it was pretty bad I think when Liam was there but he didn't allow it to become a pressure cooker he liked to sing song in the dressing room afterwards he liked the players going out to enjoy themselves and he let them have a you know they worked hard they trained hard but they had a bit of a life as well Yeah yeah for sure um, and it was always kind of I suppose the the, the lads would be well the lads would be would, would have heard it along that a lot of times that um, he wanted the kind of club culture he wanted you know the that feeling that you're going to you're going to war with your brothers and your neighbours and your school friends and um, that was the that, that was the culture in still in the lads and 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 they were very 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 close bunch uh, because of it I I think the nights out actually helped um, you know they they got to see a side of of the gaffer that uh, you know maybe other other managers wouldn't like you know maybe them seen um, it was a lot it was a few nights in gold and here he stayed here and. Um, he was just—he just really loved it. Um, like, and he—he loved—he loved winning matches. He loved being the manager of, of a good team. You know, I, I think he would have relished maybe a cut at, um, you know, a big job for want of no disrespect to to some of the counties that you know that, that he was with. I, I think he would have loved maybe maybe a, a rattle at, at the Galway or or Kerry job, and I, I think he would have been absolutely magic at it because mm. he just put in such work into it. He had. He'd every team down to a tee. He'd every he'd watch every match two three times. He'd he'd set up the lads in the right way. He'd have he'd know the patterns of play that would hurt them, whether it's diagonal high ball or run it or you know. Um, and it was just a really really special time. And we were we were ironically looking we were looking forward to to welcoming back to Simple on Saturday night. Yeah, and I know. I was talking to Morty Kennedy, who was, who was still the backroom team with with. with with David and uh, yeah, we 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 had nice plans for Saturday, but um, little do we think now this would be a different kind of yeah. So it'll um, be a solemn affair, and I think he he was he was working hard and doing good things with Offaly. He did 
this, this state of football some service in this county and we are eternally grateful to him because we had some happy days and to his family, his wife and children, we extend our deepest sympathy on the passing, untimely and certainly far too young passing of Liam Kearns. Shane Stapleton, many, many thanks for joining us. Thanks for That's uh, Shane Stapleton joining us just before we came on air this evening and a uh, quick word with Paul Fitzgerald who also was one of his selectors. Paul from Feathered, how are you Paul? How you doing Ryan? Uh, your memories of Liam? Oh, sure, look, a lot of great memories and, um, you know, I've been with him, I suppose, since 2016 and been with him the last eight years with with Tip and uh, two years in Clannagale in, in Roscommon and um, started out this year with Offaly. You know, he, 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 he was good to me. I learned a lot from him. Um, he rang me um, before Christmas to see what I come on board as goalkeeping coach with Offaly. He, he spoke to me like... He felt this would be his last dance. He said, we'll give this one more go. And he felt he, he really wanted to make a contribution up there because he felt it might be his last big gig. Um, it's just an awful, awful tragedy that it's ended this way for him. Uh, it's, it's so sad because it's so young. I mean, 60 young, 61 is no age at all. I always got the impression that there was, a, I think Shane touched on it there, he wanted a club mentality in inter-county. Is it, po- is it possible to achieve it? Because it looked like he did achieve it. Oh, I think he definitely did. Yeah, he, you know, he wanted. Um, he, he he touched so many of us in Tip and um, in the Narlow as well, uh, especially there as well with the with that spirit and 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 really got players to buy into it. And he also bought into that um, that tradition, be it whatever team he was in. You know, to have pride in where you're from, pride of the jersey on your back, and um, that shone through in in all the teams. I think he've. He he uh, he managed, and um, it was just a really good trade. And um, he had a lot of good qualities, you know. Man management definitely top of the list. You know, his his ability to read an opposition and, and prepare a team to pick holes and, and and study opposition teams and get his matchups right. And uh, but above all, it came down to hard work. He was a straight talker. He uh, he he told he told players what they needed to hear, not what maybe what they wanted to hear for an intercounty player. You know that's that's huge, and, and uh, players respected him for it. I think in the long run, and as Shane said, then he knew. You know, it was all based around hard work and, and work ethic. But he knew when to have the crack too. And um, players also really, really enjoyed being in his company because of that. And he, he, he um, you know, he just had a great way about him. Yeah, it's it's you don't always see managers kind of reveal too much of themselves to their players. They always want to try and hold something back. But he did seem to get that balance correct. Yeah, he did, and he, he's very clever in how he done it. Um, you know, he'd always have maybe four or five senior players that he would go to. Um, you know, give them give them responsibility and give them license to, you know, um, challenge him at times. But also, he was the boss, like, and they knew he was the boss. And and when time came to do it his way, you were very much uh, rolling behind him, not challenging him, and that was a. That was he was so clever at that, and you know you could see if if you took, you know his time as tip manager, he had three captains like um, uh, Peter Atchison, Brian Fox, and Connor, three different characters, but they they he led them so well, and they led the rest of the group then um, after that, and that's mm. just the way he worked, and um, you know it's just terrible sad. It is uh, Connor Sweeney, one of the characters you describe, is is on the line as well. Connor, how are you? That's right, being better on and now to tell you the truth, for sure. I know, and it is. It, yeah. I'm sure it hit you like a punch in the stomach when you got the news last night. Ah, uh, yeah, it did. It was, um, it was devastating. Now, to be fair, um, very surreal, hard to get your head around it, really. You know, um, but listen, it is what it is now, unfortunately. When you your career's not over, Connor, by a long shot, but do you look back on those as perhaps one of the most enjoyable aspects of a long career in the Tip Jersey? Because it did seem that yeah, you were successful, yeah, you were working hard, but you were having a bit of fun too. And I said it to you many times at the time, Connor, you were easy on the eye. Absolutely, I think it's one of Liam's biggest traits. That time when he was involved with us, he got the balance right on the field and off the field. Um, he knew who he had player-wise. He knew how to work us. Um, we we trained hard, but we played hard as well, and we enjoyed ourselves. And he was to the forefront of that as well. You know what I mean? What you saw was what you got with Liam, and um, he was just a great man um, on the field and off it. And you know, um, he meant so much to a lot of us in Tip, and he really has had a massive influence in our careers. Like I said, on the field and off the field, he was just 
just a top top man and I suppose that 2016 season he really had us eaten out of the penalty's hand really you know um, we would have done anything for him and I think that all the signs were there and the proof was there really that year Did you feel going into those games against Mayo against Galway that you could beat anybody? Oh, of course yeah and bitterly disappointed then when we didn't I think well, those well, the Galway game, I have to say, was one yeah. of the proudest moments I've ever been in Crow Park watching football, and I include 11, 2011 in that. Yeah, we were never going to lose that day, you know, and um, mm. it doesn't happen too often, but we were, I'd say there was maybe 50-odd minutes gone in that game, and you, you just had a look around and you knew we weren't going to be beaten, you know. Previously, we might have let that game slip or whatever, but whatever was in the air that day, we weren't leaving without the win that day, you know, and um, that's how well he had us prepared, but... Yeah, listen, some of the some of the best memories we've had in the blue and gold now with, with Liam was at the helm, you know, and um, he's taken off a lot of credit for it. And I know you want to, both of you will want to extend your sympathies to his wife Angela and two girls. Yeah, um, absolutely. You look, we're, I, I've had the, the fortune that I was able to meet Angela on numerous occasions over the last few years. Honestly, Ronnie, you couldn't meet a nicer lady. Um, and our hearts go to her, her and her daughter, so... We're thinking of him through this tough time. Paul, I'll yeah. the last word with you. Yeah, just like take what Conor was saying, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Angela. As Conor said, a lady, we had a great day last summer in Killarney at Kieran McDonald's wedding. Um, and I will never forget when his daughters, Rachel and Laura as well, and also his granddaughters, uh, Roisin and Kina. Roisin born the same weekend, actually, that we, from what I can remember, the uh, same weekend we beat Cork in Perlis yeah, in 2015. And also thoughts and prayers with his with his parents, Eileen and Ali, who uh, who have to go down and bury a second son after the loss of um, Liam's brother some 19 years ago. Oh. So our thoughts and prayers are with all of those. Oh, it's so sad, so sad. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you both for your time tonight and thank you both for your memories. And uh, uh, we'll, t- look, we'll talk soon in happier times. Thanks, Thanks Not at all. That's Paul Fitzgerald, uh, selector with Liam Kearns and one of his captains, one of the three men who captained Liam, uh, Liam Kearns' side, Along with Peter Atchison and Brian Fox, there was Connor Sweeney, our current captain as well. And we wish him well on his road to recovery. Lots of texts coming in paying tribute to Liam Kearns, who was taken far too young and far too soon. We'll take a break. Extra time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laheart.ie for their latest offers. Your time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laheart.ie for their latest offers. Unfortunately, tonight we won't have time to bring you any local soccer because we've overrun a little bit with uh, tribute to Liam Kearns. Just to let you know, the St. Michael's had a 5-0 win over V Rovers away, which really does put V Rovers at, at the bottom end of the division. Tumal Boris were beaten at home by Banshee Celtic. Big three points for Banshee Celtic. And Cashel also won on the road, beating Clamel Celtic two goals to one, which really makes the relegation battle at the end of the Premier Division really, really interesting. Barry... Uh, will be with us next week to do some analysis of that but talking of analysis it's a big week for those involved and who love the sport of Kings because the National Hunt Olympics is on in Cheltenham in the Cotswolds just a quick word with um, David Burns before we go off air Hi David Hi Ronan how are you? I'm sure you're like a child at Christmas like you are this time every year but I've got some questions I need to ask you and the first one relates to Honeysuckle because most of our listeners may not be aware that she's gone back to the Mayor's Chase because she's not going to or the Mayor's Hurdle she's not going to compete the champion hurdle this year because that's probably a decision based on form is it? Uh, Yes very much so and look I think uh, the way the champion hurdle has uh, worked out the way we have a Three to one on favourite in Constitution Hill running in the big race uh, tomorrow. I think Connections just said, you know, she it, for her to have, um, you know, the top chance of going out in a victory and retiring in a victory, the mayor's was the better option. But it's no easy assignment. The ground is looking like it's going to be soft at Cheltenham. I'm not sure Honey Stuckle is going to show her best form in soft ground. I think she would need it a little bit firmer. But look, she's going there with a chance. She's coming up against Nikki Henderson's favourite, Marie's Rock, who I thought was going to be one of the, the better bets of the week. And she's up against that. So it really is, I think, look, we know what a battler she is. She's finished second to, to Statement. The one thing I will say is she runs at 4.10 tomorrow. Statement runs at 3.30. So maybe for those of you who are having or thinking about having a little play on Honeysuckle tomorrow, 
maybe watch the champion hurdle at half past three, see how Stateman runs. She finished second to Stateman in the Leopardstown Festival, so that might be a clue in itself ahead of the 4-10 race tomorrow. So you're saying that the ground that Honeysuckle will be facing will be, uh, you'll get clues from how Statesman runs in the champion hurdle? Well, what I'm, what I'm saying to you is Statesman, Statesman beat Honeysuckle at Leopardstown at the Dublin Racing Festival. But was that on Hone- similar ground? I'm sorry now to... It's, it's, not, it's not on similar ground, but what I'm saying is you'll get a gauge to see how well uh, Statesman runs in the champion hurdle. She was a couple of lengths behind him. So if Statesman runs you know, and goes on to win the champion hurdle, you'd be confident. But I would have a big, big concern over the ground for Honeysuckle tomorrow, and that would be a worry for me. I think if it had stayed good and the ground was, you know, uh, on the good side, I think she would have had an outstanding chance, but I would have a huge concern over the going tomorrow. You haven't mentioned Epitant. Look, there's there's many. Epitant, I think, has gone past her better days. Look, this is a fantastic race. I think the top two, I think the top three in the market will fight this out. Nicky Henderson's Mary's Rock has been absolutely superb. Willie Mullins' is Brandy Love. There's a lot of positive vibes coming about Brandy Love. And already the market support is really, really strong. Has been backed in from 13 to 2 to 9 to 2. So it's been the one for money. And also there's money for Marie's Rock 3 to 1 into 9 to 4. But as we know, there can be only one winner, Epitant, on her day. She's brilliant. She's running uh, for the other of the Nicky Henderson's runner. But I do think it's... Uh, the winner of this will come from Marie's Rock, Honeysuckle or Brandy Love tomorrow. OK, um, that's the big one tomorrow. I suppose you're looking at the champion hurdle, which I don't think anyone is looking past Constitution Hill and then the, the mayor's hurdle after that. That brings us on to Wednesday and the Queen Mother Champion Chase, which is the best two-mile chase in the business. Where do you see this one going? This is a fascinating race because um, many are talking about Inergamine, Willie Mullins, Inergamine, yeah. can, he, can he overturn the form with La- Edward Stone? And it's a, it's, a, it's a really, really good question. And look, there's nothing separating the two horses and the betting, but Edward Stone, for me, is bringing in the better form. Look, Willie Mullins can do amazing things and improving the horses from run to run, but I just have a slight preference that Edward Stone, uh, the vibes are coming very, very strongly about the form he's in. And uh, I think this victory could go to the home side in the champion chase. It's, it's interesting to say that because if they take... If they take the champion hurdle and then take the Queen Mother, we might be having to reassess our dominance a little bit, are we? I don't think so. Look, I think we're going. I think we're in for an absolutely bumper week. To be honest with you, I've gone through each and every one of the twenty-eight races in superb detail. I think we could have eighteen plus winners. Would really? you believe them this week? Yes, I do. I think it's going to be a fast. I think we're going to have probably one of our better Cheltenhams. I think Willie Mullins could have ten plus winners alone. And then you're 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 looking elsewhere for others to to, to pick up uh, some of the races. I think we'll have a really 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 strong week. I think the home side tomorrow is going to be their best chance of being in front in the battle for the Presbury Cup. I think Nicky Henderson could have a really really good day tomorrow. I think Constitution Hill will win. I think John Bond uh, will go very close in the Arkell. And as I said, Marie's Rock and that hurdle race. So Nicky Henderson potentially could win three of the seven races on day one. But after that, I think it will be an Irish dominance. The Supreme Novices gets us underway at 2 o'clock. It's always great talking to you, David. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Thank you, Ron. Talk to you soon. That's all we've time for tonight. My apologies if I didn't get to your text. Just one last one for a go. Congratulations to high school hurlers who won the county post-primary schools cup today at Borland, especially to the six Kilsheelan players on the panel. Talk to you next week. Ian O'Connor produced. Good night and good luck.